Hi everybody, welcome back to the Growing Revolution. We've got a really awesome episode here. We have a general cannabis uh, veteran and smart pot veteran, Dustin Fraser, here with us today. We are actually on location at his dispensary in beautiful Oklahoma City. So thanks for having us here, Dusty. Oh, my um, pleasure. My pleasure. Good to be here. Yeah, th this is going to be a fun episode, I can already tell. Um, so when I first met you, uh, you were living in Covalo, uh, California, which is a really neat uh, outpost for anybody that's never been there. Um, can you kind of talk about uh, Covalo and what the culture is like there? Well, the culture in Covalo is definitely cannabis related. It's a small town in the middle of the Emerald Triangle, Mendocino County, hour and a half from any major city. And it is, it's just kind of a majestic place up in the woods. The setting is a beautiful round valley. And um, people have been growing cannabis there since the 70s and before. There's a lot of reservation. There's a lot of agriculture. So we got cowboys and uh, Indians mixed with hippies and everybody else who was lured to the cannabis culture especially during the early 2000s as medical changed um, in, Calif in California as the medical industry, you know, bloomed out there. What, what's the population there? It's pretty small, right? Um, I believe the population's about 1,500, but during cannabis trim season, it, it blooms up to about 4,500. So there's a lot of swinging fluctuation there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so kind of going in rewind a little bit, uh, when were you first exposed to cannabis and what did it do for you? Well, I, I was exposed to cannabis when I was a child and some of my earliest memories is, you know, I remember the smell of cannabis and I remember when, when I smelled cannabis, everybody was getting along in the household. There was, you know, everybody was happy and there was no fussing or fighting. Now, when there wasn't a any cannabis smell around you know it wasn't always so so easy going so my earliest experiences were my parents smoking and getting along great when they did yeah you know it's funny looking back on my own childhood i remember smelling something coming from the basement you know when my dad was watching me and i'd be like you know what's that smell dad and he's like oh i'm just burning the end of some rope you know just sealing off the end and i was like oh okay and then as i got older i realized you know what the heck was really going on uh, so as far as uh cultivation goes like when did you start doing that and uh how was your setup was it indoors outdoors i started experimenting with cultivation when i was around 14, 15 years old, and that was taking some bag seed, you know, out of some cannabis I found and dragging it into the woods and, pe you know, packing water and packing soil. So my first experience of cultivation was definitely outside, you know, in the woods. Gorilla. Yeah, the places where I used to hide to smoke out. So. Nice. Nice. And how did, how did that go? Was it successful or? Um, not for the first three or four times I tried, you know. Yeah. Um, mostly failure rate yep. <laughs> until uh till medical came about and you could comfortably do it in the backyard i had a couple successful gorilla grows but most of them were a lot of work for minimal return yeah. without the knowledge of 
you know, getting it to the finish point. Yeah, yeah. Without the knowledge of really how to steer the plant and, and uh, give it what it needs when it needs, you know, you're, you're almost flying blind a little bit. Ended up more smoking more leaves and undeveloped buds than anything else. But, yep. you know, it was all a learning experience. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so as far as I know, you're one of the first people to you know, use smart pot planters uh, for cannabis. How did you first come across smart pots and uh, what did you notice for your plants? I first came across the, part, the product in the Department of Agriculture in Mendocino County. I was filling out a producer certificate for my small organic farm. And I found that an advertisement for their original product, Tree Bags, in a California nurseryman's magazine. And under this little tiny eighth of a page advertisement, it said, aerates the root zone, releases heat, never have a root bound plant. And I was like, oh, that's, that's smart. So I called the company and they sent me some samples, asked if I was growing tomatoes, kind of laughed at me and such. But they sent me out various samples and sizes, which I... I tried some indoors, I tried some outdoors, and I, I thought to myself, I was like, hey, this is a really good idea that hasn't been used in the cannabis industry. You're pretty well known for growing super large uh, cannabis plants. Uh, what's the largest plant that you've ever grown size-wise and yield-wise? Well, you know, there's a point in time in California where you were allowed to grow medically only so many plants. If you can only have 25 plants in your backyard, how about grow the biggest plants that you can? Mm -hmm. So uh, we first, first people who were doing this were digging gigantic holes and putting yards and yards of soils in, in, in each hole mm -hmm. because the more root, the more fruit. So um, after I discovered what people were doing, and that's the reason why I moved to Covalo is I saw these huge trees being grown. Um, I, I've, found a little technique with smart pots above the ground but slightly in these old holes that we used to use so we'd have above ground and the below ground root growth okay and the biggest plant i ever grew was 17 plus pounds it was a monster and the strain is a candy apple a strain i developed in a mendocino county around 2000 you know 2009 or so and yeah, 17 wow. plus pounds on one plant. How, how big was the container? Do you remember? It was, I believe it was just a 200 gallon, but it was sitting on top of a hole that held multiple yards of soil. Yeah. And uh, for those that don't know, I would say that's like really the ultimate secret weapon to growing in smart pots outdoors is like a combo of smart pot and in-ground growing. Because, uh, you know, they're just getting so much aeration from the smart pot, but then they get, you know, the grounding effect from, you know, just being in touch with the earth. And then if the roots want to penetrate and, you know, explore, they can and they just do their thing. Well, the, getting that tap root to go as deep as possible is, is key. So mm -hmm. if the smart pot's in direct contact with the ground or an easy soil to travel through, that tap root will keep going. Would you say that that's more important with plants from seed or, you know, would it also work from clone as well? Tap roots a, is a seed thing. Yeah. So that getting that downward tap root, that is usually generated by a seed. Mm -hmm. Clones are already in, in a medium, like a rock wool or stuff. So they're, they're, they don't have a tap root. They're already right. pruned out and right. with laterals. Right. Awesome. 
Um, so then, you know, after you kind of started using SmartPots, you kind of also transitioned into becoming really the, the first rep for the cannabis industry. How did that all come about? And then how did you find like the other reps who you're working with, like Paul and Helene and, and, and that crew? Um, throughout the, um, I, I, after I used the product in 2007, um, I called him up in 2008 and told him I would like a job representing their product. And uh, they kind of giggled at me, yeah, for your California tomatoes. And um, I, I was already, I was already throughout the, the can the growing industry a little bit. I was selling compost tea, a couple other products. And I had a string full of stores from Mendocino County and Humboldt County down through Santa Cruz area. So I already had established accounts. I saw the need for the product. Um, I invested in I invested in a pallet right off the bat, and you know told them, hey, like I'm I don't I will work for commission on paid sales. I see a need for this this in the market. Mm -hmm. um, I went and met Kurt Rieger at um, trade show at NorCal trade show in San Mateo, I believe, and we hung out at a show, and I told him you know what I thought I could do with the product and. You know, they decided to give me a shot and, and take me on as a commission sales rep. And um, I immediately went to work that year. I think it was you know, January, right, right around January 20th in 2008. And I immediately hit the road and started selling the pots throughout. Um, all my other reps that I met came from some sort of the industry along the trails. My mm -hmm. first rep that I hired... Uh, Jonathan, he came from, he had worked with Advanced Nutrients and Humboldt Nutrients. And everybody I met was pretty much, almost everybody was involved in the industry. And I met along and they joined the team through through other companies, you know. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. And, uh, you know, kind of getting into your cultivation style, do you have a favorite growing method, um, you know, Soil, cocoa, hydro. I know Smart Pots is kind of like a, it's almost like a hybrid because you can really kind of run it like a hydro system uh, depending on, you know, what kind of medium you're using. What, what do you like to do, you know, these days? Um, well, these, these days I'm using kind of a hybrid system. I'm using a peat moss and cocoa base. Um, and five gallon smart pots and I do drain to waste. So, but I also amend the, I also amend all my medium with organics and earthworm castings and chicken scratch and fish and seaweed. Um, and I blend it all up and kind of let it kind of let it heat. So mm -hmm. I am not fully organic, but I have a good living soil organic base. Mm -hmm. And then we still use some minerals that I feel are safe and healthy for the plants and consumption of the plants. Yeah. So we run that through on a, just a drain to waste system instead of recycling. So it's not quite soil. It's not mm -hmm. quite hydro. Um you know, but it's it's a hybrid system. That How many times are you watering your plants a day? At least, at least twice. Okay. Yeah. So there, 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 there's some movement going through. Yeah. There. Nice. Nice. I'd I'd say you know if you're watering your plants at least a couple times a day, you're basically a hydro grower, no matter what your medium is. What do you think is the biggest selling point for a cannabis grower to be using a smart pot versus 
a plastic nursery pot? Um, just the improvement of the root zone and root zone health. You have a healthy root zone, you have a healthy plant. So the aeration and the root pruning. Uh, the cannabis plant is a fast-growing annual, like a giant pumpkin or a sunflower. If they get stunted in their growth whatsoever, you don't get the same results. Right. So I would say the aeration and the air pruning is the is the biggest biggest benefit for outdoor growers. Also, the heat heat can mm -hmm. be a real root killer. So yeah. Um, have you grown in black smart pots and tan smart pots outdoors? I've, and, yeah, I've done both. Yeah. Uh, Growers who grow outdoors, they swear by the heat difference uh, in tan versus black. What, what do you say? Um, I've measured the temperature and there is a little bit of difference in extremely um, heat, extremely hot climates. The tan definitely helps a little bit. In cooler climates, the people I find like the black better. It's finding your region in the happy mm -hmm. medium. That makes sense because the black fabric would warm up quicker. Uh, which would extend your growing season, you know, early and late. So that makes sense. Awesome. Um, so kind of getting into uh, green cleaner, if nobody's heard of that, it, it's a, um, you know, a, a plant wash that is good for, you know, pests and disease. How did your involvement with that come about? And, um, you know, I guess, you know, kind of tell that story for us. Uh, I found that product in the, in the central, in the Salinas Valley, you know, and it was used as a, it was being used as a product to help eliminate the, the buildup cycle of, you know, of, of pests that, that weren't dying by standard chemicals. And kind of the same thing, mom and pop company, they're making the product at home, didn't have much of a sales team, but mm -hmm. I found the product it worked really well. I applied that product to my sales team that were out on the road as it as as well, and it became a success. Um, it became a smash hit. Yeah, that it seemed like Green Cleaner really took off like overnight, and and I'm sure the network that you had, you know, already kind of built up from you know the Smart Pot sales, really just kind of launched that like a rocket ship. Yeah, distribution network, the network of stores that me and my crew had already visiting and that point in the market there was we had to work seven days a week back then there was a customer appreciation day every weekend in every town so we were always somewhere and uh we sampled 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 and once people got their hands on the samples and it worked for them you know it it really it really picked up and yeah i i always say you know uh any Anything that's worth doing doesn't come easy and success doesn't happen overnight. And, you know, Green Cleaner was an overnight success, but that's due to all the hard work that you guys put in before that. There, there was there was a couple of years of hard work to make it happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you Absolutely. Know, there was there was definitely a lot of grind in that. Absolutely. So um, now I wanted to talk about high country genetics. Um, how is that formed? And, you know, what are you specializing in? What's going on with that? Um, you know, that was formed as a name for my breeding projects um, and the strains that I was establishing. So I established that as a base company for, um, you know, creating cannabis strains. And as of now, we have, you know, our limited exclusive strains in, uh, in legal and medical states and our goal is to keep promoting you know with other uh, we bring distributors 
retailers, growers together with some really exotic stuff that nobody else has and heirloom varieties. What's what's like your favorite strain that you guys have done or that you're doing currently? Uh, the candy apple I was talking about earlier is always a staple. Um, there's been a couple of amazing ones. The pineapple preserve has been extremely, extremely wonderful. Boss Hog, really good OG cross, has been phenomenal as well. Nice. I've, I've put out a very limited amount of strains because um, I wanted to be able to focus on those and get those out to the consumer. Nice. Um, the first time I ever met Dusty was at a customer appreciation event at NHS, I think in Fortuna. And he just comes up to me and he says, hey, you smoke? He pulls out this bag, check out this pineapple, I grew this, and I, oh man, hooks me up with some, and I think we've been uh, friends ever since that, so. Um, so Sharing, sharing cannabis is my favorite thing to do, brings uh, people together, brings joy to everyone. and A friend with weed is a friend indeed, I always absolutely. say. Absolutely. Uh, so you've uh, since moved uh, from California out to Oklahoma City. Uh, what are you doing out here? And uh, I've heard you got a grow operation, and you know we're here at your dispensary. Um, you know, I'm just you know following following the career path that cannabis has led me down. Obviously, markets change um, and environments change, and me working for Smart Pots for over ten years, I kind of watched things change. And when they decided to go medical and the laws look good, I said, hey, you know. Let's let's bring what I've learned, you know, over the years out to a new spot and and see how it goes. Yeah, was there was there a reason why you chose Oklahoma over staying in California? Well, the cost of living, you know, um, cost of living and just uh, more liberal cannabis laws and for now they are onerous taxes. For now they are, you know, yeah. California's rec recreational market definitely change the way people are able to do things out here and you know just follow following where the where the plant leads me well it seems like oklahoma has uh done pretty well kind of having a more of a laissez-faire attitude towards cannabis so hopefully when it eventually goes recreational they don't totally mess up the market like california did well we'll <laughs> see what happens <laughs> uh kind of along those lines where do you think the future of cannabis is headed Eventually, uh, you know, eventually it will go federally legal, I believe, and that'll be good because people need to quit being incarcerated for having cannabis. I mean, this is this is a product that God created, and it's here for us. And this is, you know, this is an answer to a lot of medical problems and a lot of good, you know, problems with the planet. Growing hemp, growing cannabis rejuvenates the soil, like rejuvenates our minds, like rejuvenates our soil souls. Let's Let's let this medicine roll out. Yeah, I, I fully agree. I think, you know, all usage is medicinal, whether you're using it for, you know, physical pain or, you know, PTSD or, you know, just anti-anxiety. Um, you know, I know that's how it really helps me is anxiety issues. So I guess any last words of advice to, you know, the beginner grower or somebody who's just kind of growing their first plant? Love the plant. Don't give up. Do your homework and just, uh, you know, just let the plant take you where, where it, need, it wants to take you. Awesome. 
Well, uh, on that note, thank you so much for your time today and um, you know, looking forward to following your progress uh, with the dispensary and the grow. All right.